0: UniTaster Days proudly presents the Uni Guide for students, parents, and teachers. This is the guidance podcast you need to support you with all things about university. Welcome back to episode fourteen of the Uni Guide podcast. Today's episode is going to be focusing on regional roles within university. Essentially, the staff within universities and how they can help and support build up networks and contacts with colleges, schools to help everybody involved in the university decision making process. That's you parents, teachers, carers and of course, you students listening. Please listen throughout as we unwrap the fact that that all important support, information, opportunities and guidance on university might be a lot closer to home than you first thought lots of information to cover and we do have a special guest which we'll be meeting very shortly but before we do I'm going to welcome back my trusty co-host John from Uni Test Days. John welcome back to the pod, I hope you're well.
1: Really well thanks Jim, really good to be back on this podcast and, and chatting over to yourself and also Dylan. Great to have you with us John
0: and who's our special guest that you've put for this episode?
1: Uh, I know Dylan really well with, with many hats so his role at commentary, which we'll talk about in just a second, but also Dylan was previously Midlands Helloa chair, and we've we mentioned a little bit about Helloa over the podcast as well. And I worked with Dylan really closely with Helloa. But the reason I was really keen to talk to Dylan in terms of this podcast is, is a Dylan is super experienced when it comes to higher education and university events, which is the topic we're talking about today, but also commentary do a lot of regional work and we'll talk about region and why that's important as far as you know, this, this podcast goes to give you a bit more information on that but I couldn't think of anyone better to talk about regional outreach, regional schools and college liaison than Dylan, given the, the amount of work commentary do in this space.
0: Great stuff so a big uni guide welcome to Dylan Cousins our guest today Hiya, Dylan how are you doing? Yeah all good thank you
2: really great to be here thanks for the invite.
0: Great. Dylan, I just wondered if you could share a little bit about your role, what you do, but also maybe a bit about your, your journey with university, with higher education, anything you kind of like to share here with our listeners?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, I, I went to university, I, uh, I studied at Coventry University, which is my, my local university in my, in my hometown. For me, when I went to university, I, I always kind of wanted to stay local. I wasn't one of these students that were in the same sixth form as me that kind of were looking to leave Coventry and kind of go as far away as possible. I wasn't always going to stay at home necessarily. Um, I did that for one year and then moved out for years two and three uh, into a student house. Um, I always knew I wanted to be quite close to to home.
0: How about your role, Dylan, then? Because it's really relevant to what we're going to be talking today in terms of regional roles and university events. My
2: role at Coventry University is the regional director for UK and Europe. So you may be thinking, well, what is that? I oversee the members of staff that work directly within schools and colleges. But above that, I uh, I have around five managers that report into me, and this is a manager of our London-based team, uh, a manager of our Scarborough-based team, uh, a UK and Europe manager for undergraduate level, a manager for postgraduate level, and a manager of our campus in Poland in Wrocław, Coventry University Wrocław, that also report into me as well. And within those teams that, that those managers manage. We've got around 15 members of staff spread across the teams that work directly with with schools, colleges and and kind of community groups to promote Coventry University and provide opportunities for the students, parents, advisors to visit
0: all of our campuses. Sounds like a really busy role. Thank you for sharing, Dylan. And really quickly, as a proud kind of Coventry lad, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge that as a place, really quickly. It's a brief overview. It's had a massive impact, Coventry, from music with two tones to crafts to the automotive industry. Anything you'd like to kind of reflect on here?
2: And culturally, yeah, it had a huge impact. I mean, we were the uh, 2021 UK City of Culture. It was slightly affected by COVID, the kind of events that we had, but we did have um, eventually a year longs worth of um, activities. It just wasn't kind of January to January. It was slightly later than that. But yeah, we had uh, arts festivals, craft festivals. We had uh, musicians uh, installations you referenced, um, the cultural impacts of Coventry as well, particularly two tone music. You know, members of the special studied at Coventry University, and I delivered the um, I currently deliver the welcome talk on the open days at Coventry University. And I often talk about the kind of cultural impact that that has that the city has had on the university because we can't, you know, we're not a campus unit that's not based in the city, so we can't help but talk about the, the his- history and the legacy of the city of Coventry, you know, the links to the automotive industry, you know, things like that. and other bands like The Enemy, you know, uh, rappers like Pastaloo, J One, who have who have kind of uh, made a really big name for themselves in in Coventry as well.
0: Okay, now we're all acquainted. As per every episode, we like to set our guest uh, a challenge. With John, we're focusing on regional roles. We've got a bit of a twist to play on that, if you like. It does involve bread. I will explain myself. Uh, for our guests in the room, I'm holding up a breaded item which I call a bread roll. This is a popular term in the southeast in London. But I'm acutely aware, having visited different regions, that this item can cause a lot of controversy because <laughs> this item is called many different terms, depending on what region you are in the UK, in England. Um, and I want you to to, to to see what knowledge you've got and guess what the breaded roll item is called. Are we up for this challenge of regional rolls? Sounds great. I am up for the challenge, but I'm not very confident about the challenge, Tim. John, I understand. You know, we've had, not to wrap it in, we've had 14 challenges now. I think you've won one. So try and take the pressure off yourself. I think that Kit Kat was a curse. So this will be for a basket of bread. Okay, let's kick this regional rolls quiz off. John, you can go first. Uh, big shout out to all our listeners in the Northwest. This concerns you. Let's see if you can bring a few crumbs to the table, John. What do people in the Northwest call the breaded item? Northwest bread roll. Is it barn? Yes, that's right. It's either balm or balm cake. I'll give you that one, John. So that's your first one. I'm going to go over to Dylan for question two. What is this breaded item called in the East Midlands? What do we think, Dylan? Can you equalise? I'm going to go with cob. Wow, no messing there, straight in. It is Cobb. Well done, Dylan. That's an equaliser for you. So that's 1-1. One, one. And shout out to all of those born and bred in the East Midlands. Keep listening. Number three, I'm going to go over to you, John. Warwickshire, what do we think this breaded item's called? I, I bet you haven't
1: got the same answer for both, Tim. But I'd, I'd go Cobb as well. Um, obviously, Smithlands, Warwickshire's not. that's not a massive
0: distance away. Um, I'm in Shropshire and I'd probably call it a cob. So I'm going to go Cobb. Okay. Coventry is in. Warwickshire, so I'm going to throw it over to Dylan just to see if you had any thoughts. Well, I'm going to say batch because batch is
2: typically what we call it in Warwickshire and what well, Coventry and Warwickshire.
0: Correct, Dylan. It would have been embarrassing if you got that one wrong, but you've stolen John's cross there. I'm going to go over to you for the fourth question. For what do we call this breaded item in Wales?
2: This is going to be quite embarrassing, given that I have Welsh heritage. If I get this wrong. Um, I'm not actually aware of what they would call it in Welsh. Is it, is it the Welsh word that you've got for it, or in English? Am I allowed to ask that?
0: That's a fair question. You're obviously using your loaf. Um, yes, it is the Welsh word for the said breaded item. I... It does begin with B. I'll give you a clue. It's four letters that begins with B. The only word I can think of is barra. It is. Well done, Dylan. Brilliant. You pulled that out from somewhere. And no start to all of our Welsh listeners. Um, next one we've got for you, John, is a massive county, and again, shout out to our listeners here. Huge county that is the proud county of Yorkshire. John, there are three possible ones you can give me here for this for this breaded item. If you can give me one, you can have a point.
1: Yes, uh, I've got at uni. I, I had a friend from Yorkshire, and he he always called it this, um, and it's bread
0: cake. John, you will be toast of the town in Yorkshire, a Yorkshire town. You can choose your own. You could also have had scotty or scuffler. Then of course you've got a one-point lead over John as it stands. But we're off to Scotland now. There are two terms I have written down. Can you give me one for a point? I've got absolutely no idea. Oh, sorry, didn't have to take that as a pass. I'm afraid. Uh, the answers I've got here are morning roll and softy. Shout out to all of our Scottish listeners as always, and thank you for taking part, everybody. And the winner there is Dylan. <music> Okay, that game has definitely got stale, and uh, congratulations, Dylan. We're going to go now to the focus of today's episode, which is regional roles within universities. John, if we just start with a kind of definition and rationale why we're recording this episode on regional roles, and also we're going to touch a little bit on the the events that people can access through them. Universities have staff in different areas dotted all over the UK that
1: doesn't need to be in the area where the university is based. You might have a I don't know, a university in Sheffield with someone employed in Birmingham or someone employed in in London. Um, and the idea is that, that students have a lot more support available to them. Schools have a lot more support available to them.
0: Thank you, John. Exactly. It's about increasing support, engagement and opportunity. And one way to do that, obviously, is uh, taking part and engaging in university events. So that's where we're going to start. John, over to you. I know you've prepared some questions for Dylan. So Dylan, in terms of
1: universities universities engage loads with students whether that's students when it's working with school groups or events for students directly but just do you mind just giving us an overview of, of potential event opportunities that the students have access to whether that's directly or via their school groups?
2: Yeah absolutely the main event would be open days they are the the well-established um, and kind of biggest event opportunity um, that universities tend to run mainly because you know everyone's going to be well I say everyone most members of staff are going to be available um, and it's usually held at the weekend when there's no clashes with the uh, teaching and other events that are happening on campus and you know all the buildings are going to be open. So open days tend to be the, the biggest one. Most universities will run uh, several throughout the year um, but it will, it will differ between institutions depending on how many they choose to offer and probably how big they are as a university as well, what the demand is like uh, will probably dictate quite a lot of that as well. And then in relation to their school group, students can engage with universities through their school group, um, through things like the UniTaster Day sessions that uh, we advertise a lot of those with, uh, with yourselves, John, on UniTaster Days. And these can be subject specific or they can be uh, related to just a general university visit where, where universities will provide lots of different types of sessions, tours. Um, and we'll really cater for for what the school wants and kind of what the school needs, and making sure it's a great experience. For some students, they may only get one or two opportunities to visit a university throughout the year. So it needs to be the right experience for the students and the staff, um, and also the one that is going to be memorable for the students as well.
1: So, in terms of the listeners for this podcast, Dylan we 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 get student listeners, we also get parents, we, we get we get schools in terms of, of you know, school teachers careers colleagues bringing their school groups but i also know we didn't actually touch on this in the introduction but you're also a school governor so with your school governor hat on if a, you know for the for the teachers the careers colleagues that are listening to this if they they're part of a school and they want to engage more with universities do you have any tips for schools seeking to do more work with universities when it comes to events
2: yeah absolutely i am a, a governor of a school in coventry foxford school been a governor for just over a year now i'm really enjoying and being part of uh, part of the school really the main thing is to probably internally within the school identify what it is that you actually want to achieve so you know you might be a teacher of science and you might want to link up with with universities and their science departments but the first action would probably be to take would be to link up with uh, the member of staff within the school that already engages with universities you can go direct of course but you might have a better chance of finding out those key contacts for your particular subject area if you uh, go to the link within the school that has the relationships already established once they're established then it's probably going to be much easier to then get access to the right types of people at the universities we have a number of our academics at the university that that link in with their their subject areas at schools and colleges directly um, and that's a kind of really great relationship they can build up themselves and um, it's beneficial for both the academics and for the and for the school members of staff as well, because then they can collaborate on things like curriculum um, advice, anything that is relevant for their subject that they might be teaching at the, at the school that the academics at the university might need to be aware of, for example, certain topics on subjects as well. Um, so that's probably the best thing to do first, check internally to see where the relationships are already established. That's such great advice and uh, one of the reasons going back about
1: 10 years or so that I started uni taste is my wife's a teacher and she she came back to me one day and said that she was trying to contact a university to try and get a, an event for a school and and she was basically not getting anywhere because she was contacting the wrong people so you know I was saying about university schools and college liaison departments and things and contacting the right people but but actually what you mentioned then that I've never thought of but makes complete sense is, is actually looking within your school at relationships with universities and rather than start from scratch speak to colleagues that have relationships with Coventry or, or any other university and, and go there as well. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. Then Thank you. So in terms of events, now for our student listeners, so students that, that listen to the podcast, say if there's various like event opportunities that they, they've got available to them, we touch on open days, you know, campus tours, taster days, masterclasses, and you see loads of these advertised by universities, which you know Coventry are a big one say a student is in the area didn't expect to be in the area until you know maybe it's a last minute thing and, and they actually think you know what i've i've, I've always liked commentary i've always liked you know, the, the idea of studying at commentary university but there's no open day on there's no campus day advertised do universities ever facilitate anything you know, bespoke for literally someone that's just in the area on the off chance that there's someone available to, to show them around
2: yeah absolutely i'd like to think that if a student turned up at one of our campuses that they'd get a really great experience and they'd be uh they'd be provided with the information they need i guess it, it will vary from university to university and it will vary on who's available if they approach the reception desk on the day then it might take a bit of time to probably find somebody to give them the right advice because they may turn up to the wrong department or the wrong building but if one of my team uh, is, uh, is on campus or I'm on campus, we will always provide those opportunities. It is slightly more challenging if it's on the day, but certainly in advance, within a couple of days, we can usually provide somebody uh, for, for prospective students and their families. We often get this request from um, our prospective students that come from Europe. Part of my remit is, is, is UK and Europe at the, at the university. So, we often get emails and, and kind, of, kind of calls from from prospective students saying, "Hey, I'm going to be in in the country in in two weeks' time, looking to visit a couple of universities. Can you show us around?" And we'll always do that because it's valuable and it's uh, it's all it, you know. It all goes back to making sure the students have a great experience. If they're going to have one experience, it needs to be memorable and needs to make sure that we are satisfying them in you know what they want to get out of the session. Ultimately, to to potentially choose us as a as, a, as an option uh, for them to study in the future. So in,
1: in terms of another question for you, it's kind of linked to what we've covered so far. We've, we've touched on stuff for schools and also stuff for students in terms of events. For parents that listen, listening, is, is there much out there? Like, so say if a parent, is, you know, parent or a guardian is very interested in finding out more about university or a university or maybe one aspect of university, perhaps like a student finance, is there much in the way of event opportunities for parents to attend as well?
2: I would say that our open days tend to attract uh, quite a lot of parents they tend to be travelling around the the country with their with their uh, son or daughter to to find the university that's right for them universities often now run virtual sessions i think that's one of the one of the benefits of engaging with schools during during the pandemic was that it really uh, forced universities to kind of up their game with their their virtual presence and we were one of those universities which didn't really have a virtual presence and we very quickly learned so that we could continue to engage with schools but um universities will often still run webinars and if not uh, a live webinar, uh, an on-demand video that, that that students can watch. Not everyone, you know, is available to sit at their, at their computer at home at six pm on an evening. So the on-demand option has really worked, worked quite well for us because students, parents, uh, advisors watch it when whenever is is right for them. And I always remember
1: that when we we started, you know, when when everything did go online and. And I had a chat to the web team about, you know, how we can be more useful given that everything is online. And I said, look, we've got an event search and there's thousands of events advertised on UniTaste Day. So all we need to do is just pull out all the online events on there and, and put them in one place and students can find them, schools can find them, parents can find them. And literally of 1500 plus events, 29 were online through for, for all the universities. So I don't think you're alone in terms of, of not having much in the way of online and, and how things have changed now. Now, I, I'm sure school colleagues relate to this, but the amount of events that, that used to go as a university practitioner or maybe someone that works with uni- universities like uni Taste season. And at the end, people always used to say, have you got the slides? And now it's completely different. It's, can I get a recording of that? Have you got the recording? And it's just
0: how, how things have changed is really interesting. Indeed, there's been a lot of change and it's great that people are embracing that. With, with that said, though, you know, with the cost of living going up and a lot of the issues people are facing now financially, getting to these events and, and the travel... You know, you have um, the opportunity there at, at Coventry to, to break some of these barriers down. Just like to kind of expand on that a little bit, Dylan. So we make that as an uh, an opportunity available
2: for those that can't join us during the week. And this actually, I've spoken to you about this previously, John. This is all part of our um, newly relaunched Phoenix partnership with schools and colleges uh, across the across the UK and across Europe. And one of the main benefits that schools can receive as part of the Phoenix partnership is free travel to university events at, at our campuses. And that idea was was taken from one of your surveys that you did a few years back for, for schools and college uh, staff members, which consistently said that in, in all regions of the UK, the cost of, uh, of traveling to universities was the biggest barrier to accessing university events. So I took that and we, we put that as part of the Phoenix Partnership. So we will often have school groups that will attend, whether it's a, a minibus of 12 or 13 students or a coach full of 50 or 60 students they will attend our open days and, and they get a great experience um we really pleased that, that it's
1: coming handy and, and it's i'm sure it's the we've not actually repeated that research since but i'd, I'd imagine it would be exactly the same now that, that transport costs are a big issue and that's why you know certain schools in certain areas certainly like rural and coastal schools struggle so much because you know, the cost of, of taking a bus or multiple buses to a university just doesn't make it feasible
0: Okay that brings us to the end of part one. Join us after this short break for reflections and experiences on today's topic with our guest Dylan. Dylan if we can move on now and make it more kind of personal
1: and and, and about you for just a second and when I drafted this this question when I was looking at you know things I could ask you about and I, I started to think about my own experience when it came to looking at universities and and visiting universities and and actually, I look at you know, some of the universities I applied to, and, and one of them I look at, and I don't think 18-year-old me would have even known where this university, and it, it wasn't Coventry, but I won't say which university it was, but I'm sure 18-year-old me, me didn't even know where this university location would have been, and it, it makes me wonder what I was thinking when I, when I did put it down. But uh, I visited two open days, I remember it well, two open days of, of five choices. Do you remember how many universities
2: you visited when you looked at unis? I think looking back, I either attended two or three. It was definitely no more than three. And from what I remember, they were all local. As I said before, you know, I wanted to stay local within within the Midlands. So they're all Midlands-based. For my the open day I attended at Coventry, because of the nature of the course that I was applying to, uh, it was part of the portfolio review process as part of the application. So visiting the university to, to show your portfolio, to show that you've got the, the right skills, not necessarily academically, but the, um, the right skills for, for that particular course to, to succeed on that course. And I remember that being my second trip to Coventry. And then the other universities, I remember going to the University of Warwick and then another university in Birmingham, it was probably Birmingham City Uni at the time. But yeah, it was no more than three. But we often say to students, you know, do try and go to as many universities as you can. Because we're all very, very different, particularly if you meet a lot of universities at big exhibitions or, you know, school fairs, we all kind of look the same. And it's not until you actually go to the universities that you see how very different we are in terms of size, location, number of students, number of courses available. And that's when you can start to make your decision on where you want to eventually study. Because the worst thing you could do is not visit a university and then select them. And then you don't enjoy the experience once you start. And then you've got a bit of a problem with with deciding what to kind of do next. so yeah we'll always we'd always advise students to try and attend as many universities as possible, but we know we appreciate that cost of living's a quite a big barrier at the moment um, and has been for a while. Um, at Coventry, we provide free uh, refreshments, free food for all visitors. So yeah, we would still advise students to visit as many as they can, but we know that it's not feasible for every family across the country to visit five open days but as many as possible is usually the best
1: advice the one thing I, I i find fascinating when i'm chatting to students is is that a lot of students just don't think so much about area you know where it is they're going to study and there's i'd love to get some research that backs this up but i'm sure there there is something that must be out there is loads of students go to university study in a particular location and end up living where they studied after they finished and and I've done that. You know, I, I've stayed regional as well. And, and, and Dylan's done that as well. And, and the reason that that is, I'm sure, is, is people perhaps get part-time jobs and that turns into a full-time job. Or, or maybe you know, students make lifelong partners, in Dylan's case and also my case, that, that means you've got that area in common. And it happens so much. And actually, if someone could say to you, as a student that's 17, 18 years old, or maybe a mature student looking you know, a lot older than that, and say look you're going to study somewhere for three years and you might end up living there for the rest of your life make sure the area is right for you i'm sure that probably put
0: in a lot more time when it comes to the decision absolutely some fantastic points there john and i agree 100 percent. i'm just interested though uh, dylan with the fact that you're centrally based in the midlands at coventry can you reflect on any experience over the last few years given the cost of living have you had greater demand because maybe students don't want to travel for more extreme distances because of the cost um, with you being situated in the middle of the country, maybe you're a little bit more accessible. I just thought that was interesting to, to ask you that. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, most of our students, and this is probably typical of a
2: profile of a Midlands university is that most of our students will tend to come from the region. Um, typically given the type of university, we are a modern university as well. we, like to think that we will be attracting more students that aren't from the area we want to try and have more of a national footprint and one of the barriers to that is something that we've discussed already students not knowing where coventry is so that's the first hurdle and then once they find out about how easy it is to get to coventry from most parts of the country they te- they seem to be more um, open to the idea of even coming to visit the university whether that's with their school or with their, with their family for an open day.
1: Universities are progressively recruiting regional representatives to support with their university engagement. Do you mind just telling me a bit more about how regional university engagement works and the benefits to schools, parents and students of universities having regional staff
2: appointed? Yes, having regional roles really opens up the different options for universities to students and parents and, and schools that they previously may not have had you know we've typically had very strong links with with schools in in Coventry and Warwickshire and that will always be the case because we're very proud of our links with our with our local schools but by having such a wider reach with regional based roles means that we can work closely with those schools that perhaps we haven't really offered much in the past in the way of kind of sustained and kind of targeted engagement you know in previously where we had a team where i was the the uk manager at coventry and you know we have a team of four members of staff all based in coventry and whilst they were responsible for a particular part of the uk whilst also keeping the relationships going with our with our coventry and Warwickshire schools of course um it was it was always like a you know a two-hour drive to an event for one hour Ideally, trying to group events together if possible, but it didn't always work out that way. And then traveling back. And, you know, you've mentioned the carbon footprint. Actually, that's, that's one of the factors, but also the fact that we may not visit that school again until next year. That in itself didn't really open up students doing it that way to the opportunities with Coventry, because whilst they might be quite excited to hear more about us after the event, that engagement would kind of tail off if that engagement wasn't sustained and throughout the year and you know, targeted, tailored, related to what the students wanted to, to learn about, related to what the aims of the school or college are at a time when it's convenient for the, for the school to engage with us as a university as well. So we feel the regional structure works very well for us as, you know, and as other universities will probably say the same as well. It opens up opportunities for, for, for lots of different groups to learn more about universities not in their local area so you touched on the audience dylan in terms of, of, of
1: being schools of, of potential regional participation that, that you might have staff that are perhaps more available than they would usually be based on being a closer proximity to that particular school but you tend to work much when it comes to students and parents so you know for example if you are a student or a parent in newcastle and you want to engage with commentary Is there any benefits to a member of staff that has like a
2: regional role in one of those locations or is it more a case of working with schools? It's mainly working with schools themselves and the students and the members of staff in the schools. For us, the challenge and would probably be the same for most universities is is accessing the parents in those areas. Typically, they're not available throughout the day as students may be in a school. But certainly if a parent was particularly keen to speak to us, we'd always advise them to contact their, their local representative and from our team, and they could advise on when they're next available at an event. Or we could even arrange for a meeting at a coffee shop or wherever that would be convenient if the parent wanted to speak to a, a university representative um, face-to-face, which could also be, be arranged as well. But yes, it tends to be working with, uh, with schools directly themselves. But we would like to work with more parents.
1: So, in terms of regional work, and, and hopefully I'm not doing a, a disservice to any other universities that do a lot of regional work as well, because I think Coventry are, are leading the way very much in, in kind of the regional work that goes on in terms of members of staff that work in, in different areas all over the country. Do you mind just telling me a bit more about how you do, you know, how you approach regional work at Coventry, but also you know, some of the regions that, that you guys cover?
2: Yeah, so it's slightly easier for us because we have multiple campuses across the UK. So we've got our, t- our two campuses in Coventry, we've got our one of our campuses in Scarborough, see Scarborough, and we've got four campuses now in London. So for regional work in those areas, so Scarborough and London, we have a hub where, you know, members of staff can be based at and they can work directly with with the schools in that area. Speaking about the opportunities to to study at those local campuses but also to come to Coventry as well, so having the knowledge of the whole of our um, course offering across all of our campuses. So a student that speaks to one of the team members in Scarborough would be offered advice based on what they would like to study in the future. So whether that's in Scarborough or, or in Coventry, the team is available and can and can advise on exactly what's right for the students. We also have members of staff that are based in parts of the country where we don't have a hub uh, or a campus. And that is more kind of working from home and kind of working with the schools themselves. Typically, having a, a group of maybe 60, 70 schools to, to kind of work with and to attend events at those schools, engage with the, with the teachers, engage with the careers advisors to provide opportunities to come and visit any of our campuses, but also then to ha- offer that sustained engagement within the school, not to just attend once a year and almost, okay, see you next year, but to almost say, kind of, you know, see you in two weeks, we'll be back. And, We'll work with your students and we'll work out what's right for them and and we'll hopefully offer that advice that maybe universities in the area aren't offering or students that are really keen to move away from home but haven't heard of Coventry before that's an opportunity for us to then obviously promote us as a university too. Thank you
1: um, and in t- it's just a follow-up question to that and I was chatting to and it, the colleague wasn't from Coventry but I was chatting to one university colleague at another university that has a regional role and and they were saying one of the challenges they had is is actually awareness in schools and colleges about you know, these regional roles, and perhaps a school in London that perhaps isn't aware that there is representation from commentary there. And and he gave me a story the other day to say that he exchanged loads of emails with this school, worked with the school, which was literally within walking distance of his house, even though that was a long way away from the university. And and the school he thought kind of understood how regional roles worked. And and then when they said their goodbyes at the end, the school colleague that he bu- that booked the event said. Uh, I bet you've got a long journey now. It's like, no, I haven't got a long journey. I'm based down the right, around the corner. Um, so with that in mind, do you, do you see there's much, you know, is there an awareness issue in schools when it comes to these regional roles? And, and is it a surprise on that note when certain schools outside of you know, perhaps two, three hours outside of Coventry, find out
2: that actually Coventry have regional reps in, in that area? Yeah, I'd say that with pretty much all of our regional roles that we have, Apart from where we already have like a campus like in London or Scarborough, the other, the other areas that we have members of staff based in, it does take some time to build up the relationships with the school. I think the question is always, well, what are you doing here? It does help if maybe somebody within the school has heard of Coventry or has studied at Coventry University. That always helps because there's that familiarity. But we've certainly found with with all the members of staff that work in these kind of regional roles that it does take time to build up the, the relationships. and help the school to understand the benefits for them because you know schools will have lots of universities wanting to work with them there are what, 130 universities in the uk so most are probably trying to work with schools desperately uh, and trying to offer advice support and kind of guidance to their students so for members of staff in schools yes there is that initial kind of well what is coventry doing here you're two hours away from our school and so we found that with all of our regional roles. When that initial contact is made, it does take some time to build up that kind of trust and that relationship with the with the schools. It does certainly help if somebody within the school has heard of Coventry before, whether it's the university, whether someone studied there previously, or whether it's just somebody's from the city or from, from somewhere near to Coventry. But it, it does take time to build up that um rapport with the with this with, with the staff as well. members of staff in school have have limited time to engage with with universities so we want to try and make that as as kind of quick and kind of easy to understand as possible to try and explain why we're trying to work with their students but we're not located near to the school.
0: Dylan how have you overcome some of those barriers you mentioned you know building up trust and the networks within the schools how have you done that?
2: We overcome those barriers and we build up those relationships with those schools and I mentioned earlier that we recently relaunched our Phoenix partnership scheme We're now seeing partners join the scheme that aren't from Coventry and Warwickshire, um, from places like Manchester, Exeter, um, and other parts of the UK as well. And that's really great to see that those relationships have been built up literally from scratch to becoming a a partner of the university over a course of maybe six to eight months. Um, So these things do take time, but we find that the relationships are worth building. And once they're built, they're quite fruitful for both us. And we hope for the schools and colleges themselves as well. So the, the final question is on the regional representation, is, is speaking as someone that,
1: that doesn't work at a university and kind of looks in from the outside, there seems to be more regional representation when it comes to universities than ever before. Is that where you
2: see things as well? Is, is it an area that, that seems to be growing? Well, for us, it's, it's growing. It depends on what the aims and the strategies are of the universities themselves. For us, the regional roles, you know, we're not trying to replace... The support that's on offer from local universities in in those areas you know that will always be there and we're not trying to replace that we're just trying to offer something different for those students that potentially do want to move away from home and see what coventry has to offer for them but it's really interesting to see that clearly universities are trying trying new things and trying to work out what's right for them and and the the demographic of their kind of students that are looking to apply to them as well so i think we'll probably see more regional-based roles but it depends on, I guess, where the universities are trying to head and kind of which direction they're trying to go right. in. For us, it's working quite well, and we can only see it getting stronger as we go on. So one thing we're doing at
1: Days, given there is a big regional drive and there seems to be more regional university colleagues than ever, is creating a new regional platform, which means that schools and colleges can search for representatives in their area. And that will be available on the website very soon. Also, in terms of the search listings, it means universities can start advertising region events, and and therefore that will do kind of two things. It will help schools and colleges. It will help students, help parents in terms of navigating opportunities, but also for universities that have you know, brilliant colleagues, you know such as as commentary and, and as
2: the manages,
1: is just raising awareness of those. So schools, colleges, parents, students have access to those as well.
2: Yeah, I would always say UniTater today's is the, is the number one destination for us. And we always advise uh, teachers to to look on UniTater Days for those opportunities. Um, I think it's, it's, it's the best place for, for schools to find out about a number of opportunities from different universities all in one place. Again, UCAS is the is the next place. You know, the conferences that the UCAS offer and the different opportunities they have, because that's still the, the platform that, that, you know, students will apply to university through in the UK. So uh, I'd probably say yeah, UCAS and, and UniTest days. We also work quite closely with organisations like UniFrog, a careers platform that they can use to, um, that their students can use to navigate their way to higher education.
1: And in terms of colleagues, you know, students, parents, teachers that are listening that want to find out more about Coventry, know, If they say so they, they just purely want to find out about what what you're doing, is where do you signpost them to directly?
2: So we would always signpost them to our website, in one place. So the mainly the open days booking page. A lot of the places on our website, such as our meet the team page, our outreach pages, which have things like personal statement guides and research and university guides uh, are available to, to download. But those pages will link to places like Unitex today's directly so they can find out more information on external sites. Um, it'll, it'll also link to places like Student Finance England, which obviously is really important to, to get that finance information and, and you know, make sure that they're advising their students to, to apply to student finance um, within the deadline. Dylan, thanks
1: so much for your time. Um, in terms of talking more about university events and also this regional regional drive, I couldn't think of anyone better to, to talk to us. So, really appreciate you squeezing this in. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it, and thank you again.
2: Thanks for your time, John and Tim. Much appreciated. You've been listening to the Uni
1: Guide, the University Guidance Podcast, which supports students, parents, and teachers with all things university. If you've got any comments, questions, suggestions, or absolutely anything else, get in touch with us using info. At unitasterdays.com. Until then, please do stay tuned, like, share, give us a follow, and we look forward to seeing you soon.